for years I've I've been watching him, tracking him, studying his every every move. I know his every every mannerism, facial tick, gesture. I know him better than he knows himself. And now after all this time I finally figured out a way to trap him. I will become him. Hello and welcome to Reviews in the Closet, the bi-weekly film podcast where we review a film from the 90s, the 80s or maybe even the noughties. I'm Rudy Davis, one of the hosts, and with me as always is the Australian Jeffrey Kitt. Hello. Oh, I should have said g'day. Missed an opportunity there, sorry. You, you can cut that. Okay. And uh, the uh, little Irish cherub, Rasheen Mulligan. Top of the morning to you, Yes. Rudy. How are you all doing today? I've been better. The pollution in the city has been quite bad today. Okay. Um, so I've got a scratchy throat. You know, one oh, of those ones where you wake yeah, up, you feel yeah, a bit yeah, muggy, yeah. you feel a bit like you've been smoking the whole night, but you've just been breathing. Yeah. Smoking yeah, the One air. of those. Yeah. Mm. I, was, I was kicking my leg all night. Yeah. Intentionally. I'm, like a, I'm a leg kicker when I sleep. Is that a thing? Uh, I've got a lot of anxiety. Oh, God. <laughs> I've got a lot of unworked through issues. Which I process through kicking my which leg. Which manifests through... Which manifests with me kicking my loved one. <laughs> Rudy, this is meant to be a passion project and nothing more. No uh, I'm doing very well. Uh, no no itchy throat, no leg kicking. Yeah. 100% baby, oh, let's well, crack that, on. Isn't that bloody great for you, Jeff? Jesus Top Christ. Top of the morning. Top of the morning for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we're all doing good, bar some leg kicking and scratchy throat. Um, I think I'm going to throw to the setup. Yeah, let's let's. <laughs> wow. Okay, do that in a more contrived way, please. Throwing to the setup. Uh, let's talk about the year before we actually jump into the film we discussed, Roisin. What what year were we looking at for this week's film? So '97 was a very very big year. I don't know if you remember it. Amongst other things, Dolly the sheep got cloned. Uh, China resumed control of Hong Kong, and of course, a, a national treasure and beautiful soul was killed under mysterious circumstances. I am, of course, talking about Notorious B.I.G. Mm, um, yeah, and so the people's Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> <laughs> and '97 was also an absolutely cracking year for movies. Just in our list of that we have for this podcast and. Podcast possibilities of things to talk about so many of the movies are from 1997 mm-hmm. and it was a a more innocent time, a time when tropes weren't yet tropes and people had a higher tolerance for just Sim- that absolute absurd. <laughs> yeah. Act one. The movie has a very specific soundtrack. It's got a very evocative soundtrack and it starts with that and it's also mm. got a very 90s font. But really where I want to just delve in is the first scene, which takes the form of a flashback. It is, of course, John Travolta with his son putting a hand on his son's face, Mm -hmm. which is a motif which occurs a lot in the movie. Uh, And then we see his arch nemesis, Castor Troy, for the first time as well. Unexplained why he's trying to kill him. Mm. And never fully explained. They're just enemies. <laughs> yeah. That scene, I think, is also filmed in like black and white. So you know, it is. Fun. It is. Just to highlight the callousness of Castor Troy, just to show this man is someone who does not give a fuck. No, literally. Uh, he kills, not intentionally, I might add. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little boy just having fun at the at the fairground. That's right. The bullet goes straight through old Johnny Travolta. Mm. And look what happens. So sad. Six years later. <sighs> time period do you think this movie is set in because it's quite obviously not set in 1997 i think it's like near future i would say like this is how they imagined the early noughties well so they, the only thing they thought would be different in five years time was you can take people's faces off yeah now you can take people's <laughs> faces all off. other technology remains the same <laughs> yeah well, all, they have all the of our focus person. was in uh face transfers <laughs> not mobile phones cars <laughs> is that not a future you want to live in <laughs> well you can take those love handles off your enemy and rip their face off and put yours on it just slap it on there that, um, that was the extent of john moves imagination yeah. in, t- in 2003 it'll be exactly the same but we can take people's faces off well i mean it was only six years into the future and now you can do face transplants right you can mm. but not on a whim yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like think, it was done here and then it's like a scarless operation yeah it's, it's completely fine. and there's no recovery time right and it also changes your body and your voice <laughs> but not your blood type <laughs> something i did want to mention was that the first successful face transplant actually happened in 2012 huh. uh there was uh, a man from the u.s yeah. who got into a shotgun incident i yeah. believe he shot himself in the face coincidentally shot himself in the same year that face off hit our screen wow. Wow. Did they give him? Wow. Did they give him a Travolta or a cage? 
Half and half. You only, you only get the two choices. <laughs> Rudy, we got a Travolta or we got a cage. And some, yeah, sometimes half yeah. and half. Like the cage is on offer. Rudy, he's only human. He went Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that ridiculous chin. I would. I'd go. I'd, I'd go cage. Ooh. Like I think you do better in like an office job. No, nah. right, if you are going no, no, for that no, promotion, no. I'm going for the old women who love Greece. I'm going for Travolta. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Roche. Um, can I get the bearing wife's in mind women? Face. No, women, <laughs> women only get the cage of Travolta as well. <laughs> so I've got my body with yeah. Nicholas Cage. No, 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 no. They also give you the body, don't they? Like, in oh, okay. <laughs> well, if I can have Nicholas Cage's body, I mean, that would be the cherry on the top. We're introduced to these characters, Sean Archer and Castor Troy. Mm. I just wanted to point out how fucking fantastic those names are. Castor Troy. Castor Mate. Troy mm. and Sean Archer. Sean Archer just, just sounds like a real FBI agent. That's a real cop. Stick up his arse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So shortly after the contextual flashback introduction, we get our first big chase scene at the LA airport, Correct. I think. They finally tracked airport. him down because John Travolta, aka Sean Archer, did not let his team have a break. They have a break when they break the case. Yeah. And guess what? They fucking broke the case. Let's go post haste. <laughs> to the airport so we uh, we arrive at the airport and uh, we immediately get a 90s trope which is um, Castro Troy's character wearing a massive leather duster <laughs> yeah. out of the tarmac That's and because right. it's, it's windy it's like really yeah. flapping up in the air uh-huh. yeah, yeah. which was just the height of fashion in the late 90s a duster on he, a leading man he also has um, a very interesting money holder it's like a gold yes. dragon. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. part he, of his, his gold, um, isn't he? Yeah. He, part of his accessories as well. I think it's his brother dutifully brings him his box, which is filled with chiclets, weed, sunnies, and two golden guns. Everything a man needs as he boards a private plane. Oh, I mean, for sure. That's especially that the chiclets. The chiclets. I mean, in his blousy coat. Yeah. <laughs> chiclets and weed. I mean. Yeah, a, a great combo. Delicious. Sean Archer catches up with the plane. We get a banging plane chase. Lots of explosions. Mm-hmm. Just like Independence Day. Well, they, they have a game of chicken between the pilot and the plane, mm-hmm. and Sean Archer driving this four by four towards it. <laughs> Castor Troy holds a gun to the pilot's head. Archer sees this and has to swerve off to the side at the last minute. So the plane starts getting away. And what does quick thinking Sean Archer do? Steals a chopper. Doesn't he just? Because <laughs> right. it's the 90s and choppers are still the coolest thing in films. So he gets in the chopper and manages to ground the plane that way. Unfortunately, that woman that Castor Troy seduced meets a sticky end. She quickly shows herself to be the cop that she is. And mm. then he grabs her and shoots her off the plane and says, one of yours, Sean? And then he does the shrug face emoji. Oh my God, that shrug. Mm. That's a shrug for the ages. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a great one. Yeah, this whole scene, I mean, we're really introduced to Wu's style, which is big, loud, fireworks-infused explosions, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) With a helicopter. (laughs) With a helicopter thrown into boot, of course. With added choppers. (laughs) Um, Then they crash into that building. And this is one of my favorite scenes when they both have one bullet left. They're shooting furiously at each other, like pow, pow, pow. And then they both realise that they only have one bullet left. There is a literal face-off. There is. At that moment, Nicolas Cage says, well, you better kill me, Shawnee, because I don't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. And then he sings that song. I'm ready for the big ride, baby. Oh, it's brilliant. And then uh, defeats... Castro Troy in a really weird way by like pushing him into a fan like a big wind thing, tunnel yeah, yeah. thing and knocks him into a coma that's the way to do it but he doesn't find out where the bomb is of course mm-hmm. uh, Troy's in a coma that then sets off the second act mm. because uh, Archer needs to find out where this bomb is that's gonna destroy LA it's a loose mm. end I mean it's but, really a biblical plague that LA deserves LA actually LA LA caught that LA yeah. being <laughs> Being destroyed in film, TV, or books is such another common trope. Mm. Like, LA's always the city um, that's, like, going to be destroyed. And it's not explained throughout the film why Castor Troy's done this. No. What is is his motive for blowing up LA? If I just refer to Wikipedia, just refers to Castor Troy as freelance terrorist. (laughs) (laughs) Digital nomad terrorist. (laughs) He works for Fiverr.com. He's a literal gun for hire. Yeah, yeah. Upwork. (laughs) Where do I get a freelance terrorist from? <laughs> Just I, a, a nice transition I like to straight after they capture Castor Troy, we see Sean Archer <laughs> go back home immediately to his wife, uh, uh, where we understand he's got some domestic problems with his uh, runaway renegade teenage girl. 
Uh, but his very saintly wife. So he's got, literally gone from an hour ago capturing this freelance terrorist to having to go home and deal with this shit. He just wants to go home and have a nice sleep. He wants to like cuddle up next to his wife and that's fine. But his daughter is clearly a tearaway. Mm. Also, his wife is a 70-year-old woman in a 30-year-old right. woman's body. I wanted to talk about the sexlessness of one Eve Archer. I think throughout the whole film, we only see skin on her hands and face. And she's never in clothing above the ankle. And that doesn't necessarily mean that she can't be sexy. But the woman herself has zero sex appeal. But quickly she finds out he's in a coma. It's all good. Life, life's good. They're going to get a desk Fine. job. Apart from the tick, fact. Tick, 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 That's the bomb. That's the, okay. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering what the, I thought everything was good. He was getting a desk job. <laughs> was that the clock on his desk? Biological clock. <laughs> that's the gold clock the uh, Bureau gave him for capturing. Right, right. Well, that's the ironic part, isn't it? It's just that one last job. Before my desk job. <laughs> that one last job before the desk job. <laughs> I also love that part where <laughs> he comes into the office and they give him a bottle of champagne. They're like, sir, <laughs> this is from the FBI. And he's like, okay, well, how about this is for Janelli Pincus? Yeah, Pincus. <laughs> <laughs> all, so all his fallen comrades. Man. Like, dude, just have a fucking glass of champagne and like, shut up about it. Like they've, like 20 of their own men have died trying to capture. Right. Trier. Right. Right. Which seems like that seems like a big body count for just a, a domestic criminal. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But he's a freelance terrorist. Well, he's a freelancer. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. what would you <laughs> think, Rudy? Own rules. <laughs> if you if you got a push notification on your phone from a news website that said a freelancer terrorist is currently on the run and <laughs> has planted a bomb somewhere in Halle. What would you think? I think someone better have a face transplant. Ace <laughs> <laughs> bottom of this, which brings us on to the start of the second act. Archer <laughs> understands. Well, Archer tries the torture, or not even torture. Archer tries the the weakest attempt to <laughs> to <laughs> like get two the, tries. To get, yeah, two tries to get the information out of um, Troy's accomplices, mm-hmm. and then literally after a morning. <laughs> He goes, ah, forget it. I'll do the face off. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, okay, what are you asking me to do? Lie to my family? Risk my neck? Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, that actually sounds pretty good. I mean, it's the only option. Sounds exciting. (laughs) So um, so, so Troy's brother, Pollux, is in prison. And Mm -hmm. the the conceit is set that Archer is going to have the face off with uh, Troy mm-hmm. in, in, in order to convince Pollux that he's the real Troy that's it. and get Pollux in with the bombers. Do you think that's the official name of the operation, the face off? The face off, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're going to be performing the face off at 3 p.m. this afternoon? <laughs> I also liked the, the doctor who's going to do the face off. I really liked the doctor. I yeah. thought he was a bit of a mad scientist. Yeah, a bit like Dr. Oaken in Independence yeah. Day. Um, And I really like that trope in 90s movies where there's always a bit of a mad doctor Mm. with a crazy idea that just might work. So they do it with the power, the mysterious power of lasers. It's always lasers. Mm. If you can't explain it, laser it up. Laser it up. A couple of colleagues are watching the whole operation and face palming occasionally. Yeah, we learn how to react from their reactions. Yeah, yeah. They're horrified. And then we also learn what's happening because the computer screen shows John Travolta's face slowly morphing into Nicolas Cage's face. That's right. And his body body somehow changing shape. His body shrinking. Although that is not explained. So did they describe that part? They just went with it. The, The body like type and the body style. They just said they can do it. They said, we'll fix up a few love handles. Yeah, so that was like a throwaway gag. And that was literally the explanation we got. They start performing the operation. They laser off John Travolta's face. They stick it in a tank for some reason. lasers. (laughs) Where it just floats there. Just pop it on in. It looks so odd, (laughs) that part. (laughs) And I noticed they can't, I think maybe because of the age classification of the movie, but they never really show mm. the bloodied face full on. Well, you see right. a bit of Cage later. A bit. You? Yeah, in, some, in, the, in the reflection of the Doctor's glasses. But it's always right. like a reflection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they stick the face on him. I seem to recall them like pushing it. Right, right. Sort right. of yeah, into, place. It into place. into place. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, City like, Party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Sean Archer wakes up with a brand new face. That's and uh, what is the first trope we're treated to? Um, smashes up a mirror like all good uh, after surgery scenes Mm -hmm. the great thing about this surgery um, there's no recovery period (laughs) you're ready to go to a maximum security prison (laughs) an an hour (laughs) an hour after waking up Uh, off he trots to prison with his moon boots on via chopper Um, chopper. but but of course only his two higher ups know what's going on here 
Yes, that is very important. And this prison, this makes me think as well that it's supposed to be set in the future because mm. I'm pretty sure that Moon Boots-based prisons don't exist. The only two things that the future has brought technological-wise is face-offs <laughs> and prisons on oil rigs with Just moon that. boots. Yeah. yeah, That is the future That's the dream. I want to That's the future I want to be in. Castro Troy quickly finds Pollux. Pollux knows something something ain't right. Yeah, Pollux is wary from the get-go. Mm. Yeah. Like, was he just presuming that he was going to have a face-off operation? Like, why was he suspicious? What What could he have thought could have happened? Because surely he wouldn't have believed such a thing was possible. Right. He asks him, what was my medication? Mm. He's testing him and, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean Archer is like, oh, I, I hand-fed you those pills for years, but he can't quite remember what they are. It takes him a while to remember. Right. So Pollux knows something's up. Well, I guess the LA City Convention Mall will have to do. Oh, you do a good Pollux. That's such a weird impression to be able to do. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, does anyone know Pollux Troy? <laughs> I, can, I can do a really good Pollux Troy from the movie Face it's Off. It's from 97's Wootacular <laughs> Face Off. So we cut back to the hospital and we get a very dramatic wake-up scene mm. from the real caster Troy. He he literally sits bolt yeah, up. Yeah. Is that, That's how is everyone that... comes out of a coma. Exactly. With no face. <laughs> <laughs> and, and once again, a bit like in Independence Day, where when they're cutting open the alien, there's no guards. There's no one guarding right, right, the right. unconscious body of caster Troy. <laughs> There's no one monitoring the heart monitor, uh, CCTV, nothing. Well, mate, yeah. if he's got no, no face, no. he's no danger to the public. He's not going to go walking about in the street with no face. There's no security ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, ever. Oh, you're you're cutting open a live alien? Oh, that's cool. I'm, I'm just going on my lunch break. <laughs> yeah. I'll be back. I'm just the president of the United States. I don't need to watch this. <laughs> well, it's interesting for a film that runs for 140 minutes. They couldn't dedicate a little bit more time to make it a bit more plausible that, uh, yeah, Castor Troy just bolts it up and gets his new face back. This movie is so friggin' long. Oh my God, is it long? Yes. Wow. I couldn't believe when we sat down and we saw in front of us that it was, what, two hours? Tw two hours, 20. Yeah. 20 minutes? And I swear, easily, that could have been, there's a lot of fat that could have been cut out there. <laughs> there's a lot of love handles that could have been uh, taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another um, part where they can't directly show Nicolas Cage's face. It's just too gruesome. Mm -hmm. So they sort of show him clapping and saying bra fucking vo that's it yeah uh cutting back to him and then they show him in the in the doctor's spectacles very james, very james bond there's a fair few mm. fucks isn't there in this film yeah they're happy to keep with the explosions and the fucks but no blood dr no, walsh yeah. i was enjoying some of your groovy painkillers <laughs> uh, why are they so groovy <laughs> he's so high at that part what do you want take one goddamn <laughs> yeah. guess chiclets and weed <laughs> and my two golden guns and then yeah. i'll be on my way oh and john travolta's face <laughs> <laughs> sorry oh, I, that's that's my priority <laughs> i want to get his face on <laughs> yeah. so he gets his face on <laughs> he does with a new voice he's he's all good isn't he straight away again no no healing time he's happy just to burn down the facility and the only people that know about the face procedure and he's on his merry way so now we're in a bit of a pickle uh, wow something's gonna go and burst old archer's balloon isn't it because mm. at this point he is cocksure that he's oh. getting out of that prison he's riding high isn't he he's got the information he needs mm -hmm. he's just gonna wait it out and the cops are gonna come he has got the post information relation hey guess what you got a visitor oh fuck yeah it's probably the cops let's go check it out oh wait it is the cops it's me Saucy me with he, a newspaper in front of my face and a big old smirk on the dial. Can we just talk about John Travolta's acting oh, now from from yes. this part onwards? Because it is so camp. It is so camp. I don't know anything about John Travolta's sexuality in real life. I don't know anything about the sexuality of the character in the movie. And I don't but... believe a word I read on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Under the tab marked scandals. Yeah. <laughs> and controversies. Controversies. <laughs> but oh my God, this character has so much sass. Yeah, he's a sassy Wow. Man. He walks in with a, little, with a newspaper, mm. like just resting on the corner of his mouth, gives Nicolas Cage a little bit of a side eye yeah. and then says, you good looking, you hat. <laughs> yeah, I see him kind of like a geisha, almost uh, mm. using the eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, As a seductive <laughs> to his, force. Yeah, to get his prey. Mm -hmm. But no, he walks in and he loves it. 
And yeah, they both, they both, I mean, admittedly ham up their roles in this film, but man, every time Travolta is acting as Cage, Mm -hmm. oh man, it's so, so, so funny. I love it. (laughs) I love it so much. I love it so much. He he has a few fucking great lines in that scene. It's ridiculous chin. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. Which apparently John Travolta had a bit of an issue with. Well, so I read conflicting Mm. things. So the line was, this nose, this face, this ridiculous chin. I just wanted to make the, the, the smacking noise as well. He looks as that's, that's, how, that's how I imagine he did read it. So at first I read a fact that John thought the writers were taking the mickey out of him, whereas the writers actually retorted that since Castor Troy is such an egomaniac, having anyone else's face with any type of chin would be a ridiculous chin. It wasn't your yeah. chin, Johnny. Which is obviously just trying to make him feel better. Right. Yeah, but it's exactly what Castor Troy would say though, isn't it? Uh, on the other hand. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a good retort from the yeah. writers. But then I also read, and I wonder if this is them just trying to rewrite history, that Travolta came up with the line that he just wanted to take like the joke on himself. He knows that his chin admittedly is quite ridiculous. Nah, I, and don't think, he, I don't think it. like um, people of that religion are not, are not famously self-deprecating. I didn't they want to bring it up. They famously can't really laugh at themselves, can I they? didn't want to enter litigation in this podcast, Rudy. I'm not going to mention the S word, all right? Yeah, I love this part so much. And you can just see the distress mm. on uh, on Archer's well, face. Well, he, he lunges for him, doesn't he? He goes for him. Yeah. Yeah. He goes they, for him. The guards come boots. in, they lock him down. And then he says he's he's got a job to do and a lonely wife to fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which I, looking back on the movie think is probably the the creepiest part about it that this guy is like going home to sleep with the wife every night caster troy is now living his new life yes as as sean archer he um he, he drives in his car to his family home singing some like classic rock song yeah, which yeah, is yeah, also yeah. a great and trope when someone's in a good mood and he, he is so happy yeah. that he's landed this gig <laughs> no way he's actually He's initially not too sure because he drives down the street and he's he says yeah he looks disgusted by suburbia he's like oh I'm in hell but but then when he when he sees what he's got waiting at home he works up then he when he sees that sixty seventy year old yeah yeah yeah, the housewife (laughs) straight out of the fifties who uh, very much uh, like Truman's wife Mm. in Truman Show like Mm -hmm. almost a carbon copy and that suburbia Mm. for sure but even more exciting is of course uh, little Jamie Jamie the sixteen year old daughter with emotional problems and a heck of a nicotine addiction <laughs> and you a great rack <laughs> you got something i really desire <laughs> you're something i crave <laughs> i crave <laughs> <laughs> you must not have heard me Janie. he, oh, get, he, get, he gets yeah. her name wrong even th- that's it and that's then it. conveniently yes. her name is on the pillow so yeah. he can correct yeah. himself you're going to be seeing some changes around here <laughs> can i just ask who has their own name embroidered on a pillow in their own room jamie, she, I mean, yeah, jamie. she plays by her own and rules. she is so turned on by her new sexy dad yeah, yeah, yeah. dad's really <laughs> turned a corner and is he hot um, coincidentally, she's listening to Papa's Got a Brand New Bag at that time. Yeah. Coincidentally, or just heavy-handed symbolism. You know, I, mean, I think two. that's coincidence. I mean, that, that symbolism <laughs> would be... coincidence. Yeah. Surely, if the, uh, if the music director said, oh, should we do this during this scene, any competent director would have said, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and if I, you know, I'm, I can trust John Woo yeah. not to overdo symbolism. John Woo is the master of subtlety. Yeah. He wouldn't do this to us. You're going to be in here for the next hundred years. <laughs> I have got to go. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. Do you know who was originally considered for the role of Castro Troy before Nicolas Cage. I might have to one-up your fact. <gasps> because I don't know originally who was considered, but I know the pairing. We have Arnold Schwarzenegger paired with Sylvester Stallone. Ooh, oh, wow. my God. What do you think about that? Yeah, I want to say that. Yeah. I think it would be so hard for both of them <laughs> to impersonate each other's voices. Who would be who, do you think? I mean, I guess they both get a chance to I be mean, each other, but... Arnold Schwarzenegger would for sure be the, the goody, right? Right. Like, he'd be the, he'd be the it, villain at the start. He'd be the archer. Yeah. No, wait, do you mean he'd be the Troy? Oh, I don't know. There's this is where it gets faces. confusing. <laughs> wait, so Schwarzenegger would be the FBI agent. That's what I think, Yes, yeah, so he'd be the archer. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then Stallone would be the freelance terrorist. See, <laughs> yeah. The gun see, for hire. That actually wasn't the fact that I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, sorry, I've just shat on your fact. Yeah, can you, you really tell, did. Can you, you fact chat? <laughs> fact chat. It's an effect check. What is your effect? Um, okay, so my fact was Johnny Depp was actually originally considered for oh, the role of Pastor. So glad he's um, not in it. He read the script, declined the role because he thought when he heard the title that it was a hockey movie, oh. and then was disappointed that it just. <laughs> I mean. I don't think there is any hockey. Mate, if I got this script and I was an actor, I would think it's the biggest turkey of all time. Mm. Like, you'd think this is going to flop. Yeah, then you'd see uh, the initials JW on the front. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a John Woo? (laughs) In. (laughs) 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 This is great. Pastor Troy has firmly ensconced himself in the suburban dream. But here comes the bomb. (laughs) But here comes the bomb. So in his new role as Sean Archer, Castor goes to the, is it the LA City Convention? The LA Convention (laughs) Centre? Yeah. The Louvre of LA. Yeah. (laughs) The Lovre of LA. Tells the, the bomb specialists to get out of there and uh, successfully defuses the bomb, but not not before there is, again, some classic 90s imagery of, like, right. a skull and crossbones. Isn't there, like, a sexy lady? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, uh, early, early era computer porn. Yeah. yeah. Because it's Pollux's uh, bomb. That's yeah. right. That's right. Of course he programs some porn in there. Yeah. yeah. But I also love that it's uh, diffused at one second to detonation. You don't get to be time man of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in every right, sense yeah. of the word, he is the time he man time of the year. Man. Yeah. So um, he defuses the bomb because he uh, bollocks tells him the, the code and he convinces bollocks that by doing that, he'll become a, a really powerful man in the FBI. And uh, we see him returning to the Bureau, a, a changed man. Well, yes, this time the accolades come thick and fast. And contrary to his prior actions, he laps it up, doesn't he? He loves it. And Absolutely no one questions yeah. what's going on. Here. Other yeah. than a well-timed quip. From one Asian staffer. Uh, Wanda. <laughs> she says, Hey, sir, did you get a surgical procedure? And he looks her dead in the eye and says, What? And it turns out it's just she, she's just referring to the fact that he had a stick up his ass that's now been removed. <laughs> so he's got this great new attitude. Pincus and Janelli, the cops that were killed before. Forgotten are about. Now forgotten about. <laughs> and no one seems to think that's weird. But um, there's uh, there's one guy at the Bureau that's not liking, uh, not liking this guy. And that's Victor Lazaro. Lazaro. <laughs> the FBI director. Yeah. I don't care if you are Time Magazine Man of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Archer, president's on line one for you. Yeah. <laughs> and your wife's on line two. Tell the president, hold. Yeah. <laughs> it's my sexist wife. She needs me. It's my asexual six-year-old wife. <laughs> So meanwhile, Sean Archer is having a terrible time. Oh, he's having a right stinker, isn't he? Yeah, he yeah. is. He's well, they always say the time. first week is the hardest uh, when you get banged up. Definitely true for <laughs> yeah. this guy. Definitely true if you're on an oil rig prison with uh, giant boots. Mm. <laughs> I think every week would be the hardest, actually, in that prison. So he does what we would all do. Um, he stages a prison riot so he can get sent to the electric chair and then take down the guards to eventually escape the because prison. Because that's the only time they take the shoes off. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And he tells uh, what's his face, the guy who is overweight and therefore mentally disabled mm-hmm. because he can't speak for some reason. But he didn't shag his wife or his sister, and it's time for them to break the fuck That's out right. of there. The sex sandwich wasn't true, and everyone knows the best time to break out is when you're about to get executed. Mm-hmm. Electrocuted. <laughs> electrocuted to execution, or is just a bit of electrocution? It's just punishment electrocution. Isn't uh, it? I thought they were getting sent to the no, chair. No, chair. No, 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 no. Oh, I thought that no, was I'd, the chair. I don't think prisons are allowed to just <laughs> extrajudicial killings that when you. So- start a prison right like not even like the worst prison in iraq <laughs> would just arbitrarily kill people after a riot <laughs> there has to be like some code of conduct in a, in a prison there's like a very elaborate scene at this point between caster or sorry sean archer this accomplice and all the prison guards like sulfuric acid is used at one 
point. Mm -hmm. They are throwing guards off the balcony, fucking left, right, and center. Archer's an expert in computer hacking because it's That's the 90s right. mm -hmm. and it unlocks all the security doors. Oh, no, he disables the electromagnetic field. Right. So all the other prisoners. He pushes right 10 keys in, in a yeah. matter of seconds yeah, 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 and yeah. He, he has complete control. Then finally breaks out the top of the building, but, runs uh -oh. towards the edge. There's the chopper again. Back comes yes. the chopper. The chopper's shooting at him, and then he has to make, ooh, what would you say, a 100-foot drop? Yeah, it is a nice reveal to the fact we are in an oil rig. Yeah, that is a, that, that's a he, nice one. He quickly yeah. realises the only way out of here is a swan dive, baby. Mm. I'm going straight in. Well, Archer couldn't resist <laughs> phoning Castro <laughs> to gloat that he got out of prison. Yeah. Although, obviously, you'd want to keep a low profile. You wouldn't want to alert your nemesis, who at that point is running the FBI <laughs> after Lazaro's death. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the entire apparatus of the state. <laughs> Couldn't resist phoning him. <laughs> but the first thing that Sean Archer does, apart from calling this guy to gloat, is actually go to what he believes to be the safest place in the mm. world. Castor Troy's lair? Uh, little lair. Oh, I love it's a lair. Full of yeah. prostitutes and drugs and criminals. His freelance and terrorist lair. Chicklets yeah. everywhere. Chicklets everywhere. It's a real digital nomads co-working space yeah, really of, of the 90s for freelance terrorists yeah yeah there's just like 90s drugs which are unnamed right and are right, popped right. into the but they're like real downers like why on earth would you take like real downers yeah. before getting even yeah. also <laughs> before like, taking on the fbi yeah. yeah exactly oh you just got out of prison and we're about to take on the fbi How and i just you? swam yeah. for two miles yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna do it for why i am oh i hope this is i'm gonna go for a run on a bike ride <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling good. <laughs> I could break my personal best. <laughs> we get a return of one of the cronies at that point, the bald guy. Mm. Yeah. Does anyone remember he's got his like, name? Wears like a lovely smoking jacket. I don't know yeah. his name, but he's got a hot, hot sister, sister, and he yeah. certainly thinks so. Yeah. Well, his sister's called Sasha Hassler. Sasha, Sasha. I'm not into it. So Sasha. he's uh, he's the other Hassler. Yeah. Fun fact Brother that Hassler. Wu actually gave a lot of improvisation and kind of leeway to the actors. I heard this. And this sibling kiss was improvised. So I think we talked about this when we watched the film. Like, they just kiss and it's never explained. But Well, that feels like very 90s where there was like a lot of kind of just incest was quite sexy. Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was in, wasn't as, it? As was like borderline pedophilia. <laughs> like, as there are two instances of this in yeah. this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I it, think that's was... always been sexy in movies, to be honest. Borderline pedophilia. Mm. <laughs> It hasn't. It's only been like in the last couple of years where people have been like, "Oh, it's a bit weird, eh?" Mm. What do you think should make a return in film? Incest or pedophilia? Or face-offs? Face-offs. Pedo face-offs. <laughs> <laughs> you switch the face of a pedo with a teenage girl. What were you thinking? <laughs> what would be the merit of that? <laughs> Um, don't know to snare, but how? Yeah, I don't <laughs> to know. I need to, to snare a pedo. I don't know. I'm not, I'm this <laughs> and the film will be called to snare a pedo. <laughs> I like all this part where uh, this oh. guy has just escaped from prison yeah. and then is fed drugs by his mortal enemies, which, which are like, it's like ketamine or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it also just to bring it back to this point, is wearing the face of his nemesis who killed his son. Right. And so it's all a complete head fuck. Naturally, when the people in the room ask him what he's going to do next, he doesn't have the clearest answer. No. And he says, possibly the best line in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I want to take his face off. Mm. Eyes, nose, skin, it's coming off. What about the teeth? Leave the teeth. Okay, the teeth stay. The teeth are the same. He's got good dentures. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then old uh, Mr. Hassler goes, you heard him. He wants to take his face off. No more drugs for that man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good advice, actually. Great advice. And then he just toddles off to the bedroom and they're probably like, he's, pro he's just gone to have a lie down, hasn't he? He's just had a bit too much, but he'll be all right. <laughs> That real patronizing way. <laughs> so, so the feds bust in, and there's another ridiculous fight with a huge body count. That is the to most add ridiculous to Pincus. fight. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Janelli. Janelli. <laughs> the unsung heroes of this film. Pink, we never actually see Pincus and Janelli, just to make that clear for our <laughs> listeners. These are off screen characters who screen die deaths. at one point. But, like, the, the FBI never learn. Like, don't go in so heavy handed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they, they, they go in the guns They're they? going guns blazing every time. Chopper. And they lose, like, 20 men. Mm hmm. Like, <laughs> rethink your strategy. Yeah. That's Archer, baby. That's Archer all over. Yeah. I, mm. 
yeah it's too rough and tumble for you yeah but then again i think he's actually quite cautious archer mm. i think that's like the bureau the culture of the bureau is too gung-ho that's why archer's always just so fucked off everyone and then there is the big ridiculous fight we were also introduced to the character of adam little boy adam castor troy's son so obviously this is quite evocative for sean archer wait a minute he's the exact same age as my son when and, he died and the exact same actor <laughs> <laughs> and he actually changes the tone of the film because when the fbi do come in guns blazing somewhere over the rainbow comes in doesn't it mm. we've got kind of this juxtaposition of insane violence mixed with a lovely little song i must say that i really didn't like this scene though it's completely tonally strange yeah to what's it's going on fucking weird i read that john woo originally couldn't get funding for that somewhere over the rainbow mm -hmm. scene because people were like it's ridiculous don't do it uh he was like i'm gonna do it i think it's a good idea <laughs> and so he went ahead and did it and then because the film was such a resounding success with the critics most notably uh he ended up getting like the whole funding for it got the bank didn't he? but people knew they were like are you sure you want to put this in why after somewhere over the rainbow we have another face-off and like between mm -hmm. the two main characters a literal face-off this time is so fucking heavy-handed they're both looking into the mirror pointing a gun at themselves. yeah yeah we've been waiting the whole Either film for them the to be reunited but uh it's just presented in this <laughs> this sloppy way <laughs> yeah because they're like shooting at themselves <laughs> Wow, the symbolism is rife. <laughs> it's overbearing, isn't it? So at that point, there's a good line actually from Castor who says, I don't know what I hate wearing worse, your face or your body. <laughs> he's just constantly taunting yeah, Sean Archer. Is, I personally would love the extra love handles if I was Nicolas Cage. You would? Yeah, put a bit of meat on those bones. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Well, I think John Travolta's in good shape. He's got a weird face these days. Mm. It's almost like he has got a little bit of a, a face-off going. <laughs> He's definitely had some kind of surgical meow. procedure. And it's not just the stick up his ass. He's looking more cagey than ever. Oh, hello. Oh my. <laughs> but I think at that point, Sean Archer does get away, scampering Nightcrawler-esque over the roof. Yeah. Meanwhile, Pollux sadly perishes, but not that sadly, because yeah. who gives a fuck about that character? Yeah. See you later. Yeah, okay, bye. And I think um, at that point, Castro Troy ties his shoelaces. And at that point, oh, you best believe it's fucking on. It is. So they both had deaths of family members. Mm -hmm. They're even, essentially. Act three. Act three. By this point, the lie is beginning to unravel. And it all comes out with that seemingly irrelevant blood type. Mm -hmm. Who would have oh, thought this would come back? Chekhov's blood type. It showed up in Act 1 and it's used <laughs> in Act 3. And also the wife happens to be a doctor with, yeah. with access to blood testing facilities after hours. He breaks in. Sorry, Nicolas Cage's character breaks into the family home. Gives his wife a bit of a shock. Mm -hmm. And sort of hugs her in a very frantic way and yeah. says i'm sean <laughs> and she's like please leave but then he says about the blood type and i mean she must have been a bit like well that would explain a few things um so she goes to the hospital figures it all out and agrees to become his accomplice i mean castor troy tries to break into the hospital to see if if his wife in quotation marks is tending to his arch nemesis but it's a false alarm at which point he stresses and says lies deceit mixed messages this is turning into a real marriage yeah. just again. out with that sass he cannot put those claws away Can't he, he really waves his hand yeah. Yeah. his palm is facing the sky as he says turning into a real marriage <laughs> Again, I've never read the Wikipedia section on the controversy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel no like No comment, no comment. I would like to see a movie with um exact same plot, but instead of Nicolas Cage having that uh role filled by Harvey Firestein. <laughs> because imagine the battle of the sass at Man. that point. Oh, it's a real marriage. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? You're gonna take my face off? <laughs> I gotta call my ma. Yeah. I gotta call my lawyer. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> oh, man. That um, was such a funny line. That is just like, I love that so much. I love it so much. <laughs> 
I literally use it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime someone pisses me off. Nice. Wow, this is turning into a real marriage. <laughs> That's what I say when I get into an Uber. <laughs> I just get, what? <laughs> oh, sorry, face off? Yeah. Have you never seen that? No, it's quicker if you take that route. Oh, it's turning into a real marriage. <laughs> and then we have the funeral well we kind of skipped over where castor troy kills victor lazaro but victor lazaro has about two lines so who cares the most interesting thing about that character is his funeral that's it which has like a series of quick cuts to introduce it like in fast and slow motion alternatively it's got some doves in slow motion shows the face of jesus like super close up important to know it's on it's on a beach so that's you know quite evocative all la funerals on the beach i was yeah. well, i was gonna ask yeah. is there a funeral parlor in the world that's on a beach yeah, in like surely in, in australia isn't it <laughs> i don't <laughs> think so i don't know you're some uh bogan? <laughs> i don't know i don't know i find that a very strange concept that the corpse is just going to wash up or get eroded one day maybe it was like a, a reason you shouldn't put it next to the coast man oh wait you're saying they bury the body yeah, right. in the no it's just like the funeral parlors there I don't know. That's a, to me. That's a <laughs> like, strange in the sand. Well, where, but why you, would you, you have a funeral parlor there and not bury the like, body? You there? get to the water level after half a foot. You wouldn't be able to dig down because it's just water. <laughs> well, exactly my point. Why would you no, put it's a just funeral parlor there? Chapel. Isn't yeah, it? maybe yeah. they had a Viking funeral. Maybe they put him in a boat and just sent him on his way. John Travolta, whichever one John Travolta is, Castro Troy, receives a photo of Mikey, little Mikey, mm. the boy mm. he killed. And then he he knows this is where it's all going to come to a head. And as soon as the funeral is over, uh, we see John Travolta walking down the aisle, looking very pleased with himself. And then they turn. They turn to have another face-off. But the difference is this face-off involves more than the, just those two. That's right. It also involves the other characters that have sort of been floating around but haven't been developed very well, like Sasha and her brother and the wife. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the daughter. So there's a big shootout where miraculously no one gets killed. Oh, wait, Sasha gets killed. She does, yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. character who had like two scenes. To be honest, the the funeral just serves as a reason for everyone to come together and then start shooting it yeah. at one another. Bang, bang. And we're at the beach, so fuck it. Why not? I mean, that's what you do at the beach, right? I mean, for sure. Barbecues. In America, yeah. Barbecues and two golden guns. <laughs> then the daughter comes out, the little lady. <laughs> Out she comes, scampering in. <laughs> dad? <laughs> okay, great. She doesn't know which one's her dad. No, I mean... Until John Travolta licks her face and then it's pretty clear. <laughs> Probably <laughs> not her and father. She's just so turned on again. <laughs> uh, she gets the knife out. She stabs him in the thigh, just like he taught her to which do. Which, irony... Yeah, he yep. gave her the knife for self-defense. Mm-hmm. Well, because they're at the beach, because uh, Lazaro said in his will he wanted to have his state funeral at the beach and not in Washington they're then they're then obviously conveniently close to a quayside where two speedboats two identical speedboats but one in gloss red and the other in gloss blue just moored up with keys in the ignition (laughs) full tank of gas just ready to go at 100 miles an hour man I was just kind of ready for the film to end at this point and they just had to throw in the the longest boat chase I think I've ever borne witness to it was like 15 minutes long might I just say John Woo went on record and said that this single scene took four weeks to film oh Jesus Christ took a month of shooting some films can finish the whole movie in one month like yeah. that is insane but have you seen it it's perfect i mean you could describe it as that i would describe it as a bit a bit much <laughs> much is. like the film it is in <laughs> so it's actually quite an appropriate way to end the movie with just yeah. a big ridiculous boat off maybe you're right but then boat they, off, yeah. but, but after the boat off uh they they face up mano a o mano mm-hmm uh, for the final face-off. So Castor wants to scar Archer's face, knowing he's going to get his face back. Correct. Mm. Uh, but then Archer gets the old harpoon gun, doesn't he? Fuck yeah. And uh, is it in the bollocks or in the stomach? I think it's in the stomach. All right, okay. Yeah, I think in the in the bollocks. <laughs> in the balls? <laughs> in the balls, bypassing the penis and going straight for the balls. Just, just, Sorry, did I get your dick? Let me yeah. do that. I was going for your balls, I promise. Harpooning one ball. <laughs> Like, like a grape. Incredible <laughs> precision. <Yeah. laughs> 
no, I think it's in the stomach. And then he, he sings that song again. But uh, like, a yes. lot weaker. I'm ready, ready for the big round, baby. Can I ask, is that a song? I he have just, no idea. He just made that song up. <laughs> I absolutely love it, though. If oh, it is a song, hilarious. I want to know about it. Sean Archer has taken off into an ambulance where they... Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they could only they, say they, one ambulance. Where they very, <laughs> they very sensitively place him next to the body of his enemy so he who he stare, just murdered. So he stare at his who, own face. Who still <laughs> has his own face. He is literally <laughs> looking at the body of himself. Man, you'd get some nightmares, wouldn't you? There's some absolute yeah, hours and hours of therapy coming well, up It's like this when the feds go undercover for too long and they become the, like, they become right. the character they're impersonating. <laughs> and that's when you're in deep cover after like a year. Like your mind's just screwed. I think that would happen in this after like a day. In the same kind of sepia tone as the first flashback of the movie, <laughs> uh, we get a sort of flash forward, I he suppose. Just, he just wanders home. Yeah. yeah. With, a, with a really like cheesy grin. Yeah, a really like, <laughs> I want to say stoned grin. Like he doesn't Well, look he's probably still there. under the effects of uh, anesthetic, isn't he? Like, he he would have gone under a general. He looks a bit lobotomized in yeah, that part. Yeah. And it's supposed to be like <laughs> what, you a think the knife slipped smile. when they were cutting the face. <laughs> so, so Your he... husband's got his face back, but we accidentally lobotomized him. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one doctor that could do this was killed, remember? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. we had to get some junior doctor to do this <laughs> the good news the face is back but the prefrontal cortex is gone <laughs> but his personality is gone <laughs> oh He's, thank god that yeah. was actually the worst part about him <laughs> so you literally removed the stick from his ass but i just can't i just can't buy that he doesn't even ask his sexless wife if they can adopt this child, the child of their mortal enemy who's now dead. He just brings him home. It's like, yeah, of course. Like he's in the fold. Why not? He, well, he then he looks at his wife and she says, "Okay." Yeah, she's fucking on board straight away. Alright. And and the daughter's fine. Like gives him a big hug. Hey, she's really into it. Hey, yeah. Jamie. She she's so into it. Oof. But I mean. Similar to me viewing it, I think the writers just wanted to finish this behemoth of a movie. Well, so well I, just I, I think up, John Woo you know? felt he had to reconcile the fact mm-hmm. that he'd lost his son. Mm, like okay. it wasn't enough that he got um, you know, revenge. Vengeance, yeah, yeah, revenge on on Caster. He had to literally get a new son <laughs> to replace his dead son <laughs> yeah. because that's how a John Woo film resolution <laughs> ends. Hey, you got a new son it's all the same right um, apparently the original plan was for that little boy to just be sent off to some like adopted parents in Miami and just like that was going to be the resolution why Miami or I don't know some I don't know somewhere in America right okay um, Wyoming yeah Wyoming <laughs> he was going to be sent off to Wyoming um, but then someone I think they they showed it to some audiences and the audiences were like oh that's kind of they wanted to know what yeah. happened to that boy uh, and so they kind okay. of tied together the two plots. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. In a nice, so, neat little package. <laughs> Sorry if that sounded sarcastic. But I'm really serious. <laughs> Any suggestions for alternate titles or straplines? I'll talk you through the strapline. In order to trap him, he must become him. Wow. Ooh. Which isn't bad. Uh-huh. Not bad. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, for my money, I'd have called it um, face swap. Uh, like Wife Swap, yeah. the incredibly popular mid noughties reality show. And I would have borrowed their strapline, which is two wives from very different families swap lives for two weeks. And I'd have called it two men from very different lives swap lives for two weeks. <laughs> That's and good. one becomes Time Man of the Year. <laughs> uh, just for another alternative film title um, The Revenge of Pincus. <laughs> Or could that be the sequel? <laughs> Pincus would, Revenge. I'd like to see a prequel, uh, like a buddy cop movie between Pincus and Janali and what they did before they were killed. <laughs> Unceremoniously off screen, <laughs> never mentioned again. I've heard there are a couple of like real fat cop slobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time. One died of a heart attack. And like the other, um, that was suicide. <laughs> I think Pink- Pincus was definitely the fatty. I did like how funny this movie is, man. Like it, watching it it is just insane Mm -hmm. like they know how insane the concept is and they buy into it but like the performances are just so great the lines are hilarious and that's something i love about it as well is that the whole the face transplantation thing is so ridiculous and they (laughs) 
and they are so absolutely aware of it they decide not to go into it in too much detail mm -hmm. they're just like okay this is the operation this is what we're going to do and lasers and okay it's done right and it's they never like focus too much on it because that's not the focus of the movie the operation like the focus is all the emotional drama that goes around it and i like that kind of decision right because you sort of feel that in the movie when you're watching it you don't question it you just go along with it mm -hmm. like you accept it it makes a lot of sense doesn't it i mean 92 percent on rotten tomatoes doesn't lie baby i am critics. stunned the critics, I know, the has critics a higher critical it. score than audience score yeah man for this sort of film isn't that insane the critics loved it yeah they absolutely they loved, loved it, it. It's crazy. I yeah. would have thought the critics would give it 60%. Oh. Yeah, Verging on rotten, I would have thought. Verging on rotten, yeah. yeah. Like, it is so long and but so crazy. I think also we're viewing it from a 2019 vantage point where Nick Cage's acting is just such a meme. It's such a trope mm. in and of itself. Whereas back in 1997, it wasn't. Well, guys, thank you, as always, for chatting all things film. Yeah. Face um, off, final thoughts? Um, I mean, in terms of a racing or just, you know, anything you wanted to mention, anything on the mind? I think we said last week about Independence Day that it was solid. I'm going to say, uh, face off is rock solid. Rock solid. Mm. Wow. Uh, for me, I mean, I like face off, but it's not one of my faves of the, of the nineties canon to be mm. honest. Yeah. Um, I, I personally would give it like a six. Six out of ten. You know, I think I'm on the same boat as you, Rudy. I enjoyed it for what it was. I enjoyed the craziness, but like way too long. And there's just and, just, and there's no depth to it. Although it's yeah, so long, it's very surface. There is no depth. Yeah. yeah. And the wife could have been sexier. So. <laughs> but there's a hot daughter. But the, she makes up for it. <laughs> Alrighty, we're gonna leave it there. Thank you for listening, guys, and stay in touch. I don't know what I hate wearing worse. Your face. Or your body. It's what Halle deserves, a biblical plague. And it's what Halle deserves, so Shawnee boy's on the case. Give me my chiclets and weed, I'm Castor Troy. And you know that I need one thing, one thing. Ready for the big ride, baby. Give me that nose and ridiculous chin. I'm ready for the big ride, baby. I'm ready for the big ride, baby. Give you one goddamn guess. Cause I'm time man of the year. Baby, Jane it, Jane it, Jane it, Jane it. My beautiful daughter, Jane, 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 depends on who is asked. Jamie, Jane, Jamie, Jane, Jamie, Jane, yeah. Papa's got a brand new bag, baby.